Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All you fans, and again, player, parents, everyone, just understand, give it a little bit of time, and you're going to see this is just a little bump in the road. There's not one guy... One person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. Coach Switzer, myself, or Lincoln Riley. And what I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. All right, guys. Welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast. Brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kamiya Marabian, and I'm joined by a couple of my favorite people. One of these people does not look familiar to you, but may look familiar to you from another podcast, which is Justin. You may know him as the Sooner Tracker on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Justin, how is life treating you these days? Uh, I mean, I, I was thinking about ditching my uh, everyone I know, moving to L.A., see, just trying it out. Um <laughs> Spending about five hours thinking about it, and it feels pretty good. Yeah, it only, it only, it only took you five hours, right? It only took you yeah. five hours to do that stuff. That's generally yeah. how long I take for life-changing decisions. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you know. yeah, great example. I mean, like, just the, the other day, I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what? I think we should move to Virginia. And she was like, dude, I'm so in. Like, let's just put our house on the market right now. Yeah, it's generally how that works, and not definitely in September or when he uh, has been in several other places. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. But also along for the ride, good old buddy Stephen Brown. Stephen, how are you doing as well? It has been a whirlwind of like 70, 72 hours. Is it for, since Friday? I don't know. I, I had to do Black Friday this year, and that was not fun at all. And then I go to – I guess I work a little bit on Saturday, and I go watch Bedlam, which we all – I'll know what Bedlam turned out to be. And I thought Sunday was going to be like the chill day. Like you know, everything's winding down. And obviously it's probably the worst day of the year for OU fans. Yeah. And suddenly Bedlam did not matter anymore. Like I, 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 had I don't even people, know who won Bedlam. I had, I had people come up to me like showing me their o- OSU jerseys or hats. And I'm like, dude, I don't even care anymore. Like <laughs> this is beyond, Keep this is beyond wins. what I even care about right now. Like, it was a good game, sure, fantastic, whatever. OSU won. I don't care that we have bigger problems. The Sooners have bigger problems in the Cowboys that have won like what 19 games out of 120 game series. Like there are bigger problems right now than an OSU win that OU crumbled late down and quite frankly got hosed, but that's for another time. Um <laughs> Man, we need to just dive right on on into this thing. There are several things to talk about, and it begins with the simple fact that Lincoln Riley turns complete heel 
Ducks out of Oklahoma for SoCal in the middle of the night, literally, quite literally, very, very early this morning. It's still dark outside, arriving at Will Rogers at a hangar to go to L.A. with his Jordans that OU gifted him, that he lands and gets off the plane on uh, on his two feet, that uh, son of a bitch. Uh, Castiglione is going to say he's surprised. I think that's a falsehood. I think Castiglione, with the discussions him and Lincoln Riley have been having, and what Lincoln Riley has honestly wanted, he Lincoln Riley wants more money. He wants more assets for the SEC for recruiting. He wants less compliance issues, et cetera, to basically be on par with those SEC recruiting schools like Alabama, the ones that keep on stealing his running back recruits or his former running back <laughs> recruits, I suppose. Castiglione says he's surprised. And Justin, I'm going to come to you first. Do you believe Castiglione when he say he is surprised? No, but I think he has to say that. Everybody's kind of holding this line that this came together quickly because I think it looks worse for everyone involved if that's not the case. Like if this thing's been dragging on all season, not only does it look worse for Lincoln Riley, but it it, it looks worse for OU and Joe Castiglione as well. I think this is, we can acknowledge this narrative. We can hold on to this narrative. There's too much smoke around this thing dragging on Mm -hmm. for a good part of the season. And it's just, it fits too nicely into what we've seen on the field. There were issues on the field that felt like what's going on. Why can't we explain this? This team's not right. And this is just a real nice puzzle piece that fits in that hole and makes it a, a really clean explanation. Whether or not that's totally true, I don't know. But it feels it feels like the right explanation here. Steven, what about you? I'm kind of somewhere in between between I it may just be arrogance. Um, because there's no doubt that Lincoln Riley was acting different. Um, obviously it's been reported several times by um, staffing and coaching. They just because of what he wasn't all the way there, he wasn't all the way in tune um later in the season. And I think some of that you you kind of knew that he was kind of weighing his options a little bit if you're Joe Castiglione. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think anyone expected him to just jump right after Bedlam. I think Joe Castiglione, right. um, they were working on, it, on that extension, obviously. And I think he was pretty hopeful after the LSU news that uh, that was going to be signed and done. Mm-hmm. Man, it's just, it was just so weird. And I mean, he technically didn't lie to the media. I mean, that he nipped it right in the bud. He said, and now the words ring in your ears far, far louder, right? Oh, I am not the next head coach at LSU. He emphasized, I am not the next head coach at LSU. He didn't say anything about OU. He didn't say anything about anybody else, despite the fact that weeks prior, he talked about, oh, you know how much I love this university. You know how I feel about this university. And then he leaves for Southern California uh, out in uh, LA. And so he's bringing Dennis Simmons with him. Maybe Bill Beatembo. Uh, that still is still waiting to be seen. He's likely to coach in the bowl game. I assume he's a guy. He was a guy that's hired by Bob. And he's a guy that may be waiting on a new coaching staff to see what his next decisions are. Alex Grinch is out. Benny Wiley is out, which I'm not too sad about if we're being quite honest. Yep. And Clark Stroud uh, is is there. My question is this. Who stays? Because it looks like a lot of the guys that are sticking 
are the guys that are OU guys. I'm talking uh, uh, Joe John Finley, Calvin Thibodeau, uh, Kale Gundy, of course. Kale's an OU lifer, I feel like. And Kale will be likely calling plays at the uh, at the bowl game, whoever is playing quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams or Ralph Rucker or the, uh, the Penn State transfer. And uh, Brian Odom, who also was the, a part of that national title team in 2000, but ended up transferring in 2001. There's really no word on Kane or Manning yet. Uh, I mean, I, that doesn't mean there won't be an extension or an offer yet to them. But to you guys, who ends up staying? Is it just that those OU guys versus Lincoln and his crew? Steven, what do you think? I think you look at uh, Calvin Thibodeau first because he's the guy associated with the biggest name in the 2022 class, um, Gabe Dindy. Obviously, I don't think there's much ties between Lincoln and, and Calvin Thibodeau. So I don't – when you talk about uh, right. like coaching, there's it's all about friends. It's about who you know. And I don't think there's those ties between Calvin Thibodeau and Lincoln Riley. So I'm pretty sure he stays if just for the sake of signing Gabe Dindy um, to the 2022 class. I think another guy that we've we both heard some stuff on is uh, Biedenboe. And kind of, I think he's been offered a job most likely because he yeah. is kind of tied to that Texas Tech uh, program a little bit, but although hired by Bob Stoops. Um, so I'm, I think he probably weighs it out a little bit more longer. I think he does actually stay. Justin, what about you? You know, we've <clears throat> seen some Twitter activity from Jamar Kane today, which I think is encouraging. You know, mm -hmm. if he was gone, gone, he's probably not tweeting as much as he did today a lot mm -hmm. of coaches are just silent rightfully so uh but his activity gives me a little bit of encouragement like maybe he's willing to hang around for a little bit demarco murray feels like the obvious one yeah um for similar reasons as thibodeau you, we've seen a number of recruits come out and basically pledge their love for demarco murray already so if demarco is around there's going to be a handful of recruits that are going to maintain their interest it sounds like and that feels like a pretty good reason to keep demarco murray around and I think I think there's going to be several. It, again, it feels like the old regime of OU guys sticking together. And if Brent Venables is a guy that keeps on coming up in conversations, those OU guys are more than likely to stay even more often. I mean, even for a guy like Odom or a guy like Tibbs who played for Venables, you know, uh, I think it's really, really interesting. Actually, was I've been hit up by so many different guys from the Big 12 today. Uh, most notably, I'm going to shout him out on the pod, uh, Gerald Goodridge, who is one of the best Texas Longhorn people I know uh, at, or just ever. He's just a good guy. I've uh, been talking to me, and he even mentioned, he even DM'd me about Lincoln Riley in the shoes, and he was like, that's just petty. Take those shoes off. And, <laughs> you know, stuff stuff like that. And I had Andy Facemeyer from Smoking Musket talking about like, man, we know how you feel with Rich Rod at West Virginia. You had all this promise and then everything just got you got the rug pulled out from underneath you. And it, it, it's quite, it was just quite interesting to see the reaction. Um, and then, of course, you have national pundits suggesting other things. And we'll get to that later. Who do you think should be OU's? next strength and conditioning coach because one thing gerald goodridge mentioned to me because benny wiley was at texas for a minute and he was like he's gerald said he sucks like we don't know why he was at <laughs> texas or how he got there and so i was like that i was like if there's any plus 
It's Benny Wiley is gone, and Oklahoma is going to get a strength and conditioning coach that actually makes them a force in the trenches once again, uh, not just on the offensive side of the ball. And I, 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 you know, erred on the side of just having major pain come back. Damon Wayne's, uh, just you know, I'm gonna make you boys strong. That that kind of activity going on. But do you guys have any? opinions for or movie characters that you would like to see as strength and conditioning coaches i think i'll go back to pre-wiley um and i'll say aaron feld from oregon the guy that was just absolutely jacked on the georgia sideline the mustache guy and the mustache That's what i was yeah. gonna ask yes that brings a lot of attitude to the sideline and i think i think oklahoma could benefit a lot from that <clears throat> i'm gonna be honest i don't think i can name very many strength coaches. Any, uh, any, uh, any? fictional people that you would like <laughs> to bring up? Um, fictional people. I mean, let's get Wreck-It Ralph in here because that's that's what we need is we need somebody who's going to push people around. We need somebody who's going to be physical. And it just felt like Benny Wiley never had that. Like, sure, maybe we could go crush a CrossFit competition, but <laughs> we're not like being nasty out there. And that we had that before. Oh, you had that for years. Yeah, it would push I, people around, and that just hasn't been there. I want a teams in the opposing locker room, not in the weight room. I mean, like, it's all good and cool that, you know, Benny Wiley is very religious. He's not shy from that. And the weight room, um, they, you know, they did their prayers pregame and in the weight room. That's cool, too. But I also want uh, – the opponents in their locker room praying to God because they have to face the Oklahoma football team. <laughs> That's what I also want. And that hasn't necessarily been the case over the last couple of years under Benny Wiley. And Oklahoma took some flack for hiring Benny Wiley. I mean, they're like, why are you hiring this guy? He ne doesn't necessarily have a track show. record other than he had that show and he was a tech guy in Lincoln Riley. As we know, is a tech guy, you can take him out of West Texas, but you can't take the West Texas out of him. And uh, it's just it's just so interesting. And so with the departure of Riley, we see the, the complete collapse of the 2023 class. You're seeing several defections of the 2022 class, not to mention that players are already trans transferring and inevitably will transfer soon enough. You already got Rattler, Weiss, Hazelwood so far. Um, there are more to come. Uh, so for Sooner fans, this is just the beginning of, of defections from this team. So brace yourself. I mean, that doesn't mean that transfers won't come in with new coaches on defensive sides of the ball, offensive side of the ball, et cetera. That doesn't mean those transfers won't come in as well. But prepare yourself for those transfers. That's important. And for me, it's this. It's not the fact that Lincoln Riley even left the damn program. That's not it for me. It's the fact that he has gone fucking scorched earth on Norman, Oklahoma, and left them high and dry in wake of going to USC. And so, like, what do we make of his move to USC? And, Steven, I'll hit you first with that question. Um, I mean, logistically, it makes sense. I mean, he's a guy that probably, when you look at his offense, isn't going to do too well in the SEC, considering beating Bo's offensive line. They were just going to get eaten alive up front. So you move out to the Pac-12 where there's really not that much competition. I mean, Oregon obviously is a semi-contender every other year, but it's a conference that you can go out and pretty much win, you know, one, two years, and you're you're in, you're in business. So um, recruiting-wise, in-state recruiting, California, I um, mean, you're right there in the heart of it. So 
those things I don't think you can fault Riley for because it's just so easy. Um, the other thing is he's the way he did it is just a pussy move. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's people out there that are trying to sugarcoat it and, you know, former players and current players like, oh, you know, I respect him and all this. The way he went about it, straight up pussy. I mean, he talked about family for two, three years with, with these recruits and kind of just left them high and dry overnight. I mean, he cried at his press conference today. Isn't that enough? <laughs> Seemed very genuine. <laughs> and not crying. there's now there's now a tweet circulating. <laughs> uh, of course, there's an Instagram post about how he said USC would be the mecca of college football and Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito are echoing is like he said that to us just this last week. So he's basically a used car salesman and a snake mm. oil salesman. Uh, Justin, what's your opinion? What do we make of his move to, to, to USC in the Pac-12? It, as mu- He'll never admit it. And as much as he will talk about other reasons, it it's the SEC. The looming move mm. to the SEC changes everything for Lincoln Riley. You think about the position he's been in at Oklahoma where he's stacking conference titles. He's getting almost guaranteed berths in the college football playoff for, you know, not saying it's easy what he's done and what Oklahoma has done winning six straight big 12 championships is not easy, but it's easier than trying to do that in the sec. And I think this move to the PAC 12 gives him the closest thing out there to what he's had at Oklahoma. USC is basically the Texas of the PAC 12. He's going to have a lot of money and a lot of resources and not a ton of competition. He's got Oregon, like we mentioned, and that's it. And he should have a good path to win a lot of Pac-12 titles and put teams in the college football playoff without having to do much differently than what he's been doing at Oklahoma. Whereas if he stays here and OU moves to the SEC, that road looks a lot different. Those challenges get a lot bigger. The recruiting game, as we know, is changed completely. And so I think, to, to use Steven's word, it's a pussy move. I mean, it's... It's a soft move. He's looking for the easy way out. Now, I'm not saying it's a it's a bad situation. It's a smart move at the same time, but you can't get away from it being a soft move either. And it, it's just completely, it, it's, it's not surprising to me. I mean, he wants more resources to, he feels like, he feels like he can't compete in the SEC to get the recruits. And to me already, that is just one of the most kind of beta moves possible. I, I think that you go down to the SEC with the Oklahoma logo and the Sooners name across your chest. That should say a lot more than the the Aggies that just went eight and four. Okay, um, I, I just think he he didn't have maybe belief in himself, and instead he goes off to the Pac-12 where well they were tired of playing at 11 a.m. Well, Lincoln, now you're playing at 10 p.m. when I'm not even paying attention. So have fun with that, asshole. Second of all, it's 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 how he's going about everything. He yeah. misled everybody for a month. Uh, oh, you know how I feel. You, you you know I love Oklahoma. This is home. Um, I'm building a house down the road. Can't you see? And Utah is going to be a team that smashes them because they're super physical. Lincoln Riley's teams notoriably have not been physical especially under a Benny Wiley strength and conditioning program. And so it just, it makes me so, so mad because it's not even that he left. It's what he's taking with him and cutting the legs from underneath Oklahoma. And while he's doing that stuff, 
It's all of that. I mean, it's outside of the move itself, it's the way he's approached it. That's, that's real tough. It's a tough the, look. The fact is, if you were serious, and I tweeted this out today, like, oh, Lincoln, he said, I'm not going to LSU. I was like, oh, well, he's not going to USC then, because why would you go? If, if you're serious right. about football, you don't go to the Pac-12. We, Me and Steven have mentioned this several times on the podcast. If you are serious about football, you don't end up in the Pac-12. And he goes to the Pac-12 because they have Oregon. That's it. UCLA, they have up and down years occasionally. Washington, Arizona, maybe. Yeah, Washington, maybe that didn't look that great. Spencer Rattler is going to end up at Arizona State or UCLA, so he's going to end up facing Lincoln Riley at some point this next coming season, which is interesting. And he may be facing him with Caleb Williams. And that's another thing. It's going to get worse. The first text that Lincoln Riley is going to send from his office in Los Angeles is going to be to Caleb Williams. Now, I don't know if Caleb Williams plays in the bowl game. Uh, if it was me, if I was Caleb Williams, I wouldn't. But if he wants to play in the bowl game, I'm not going to say no. Um, but his first text to Caleb Williams, and he's going to say yeah, because if we remember <clears throat> correctly, Caleb Williams said he would walk on at OU just to be coached by Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley puts quarterbacks in the NFL. And Caleb Williams is going to follow Lincoln Riley. Like, People are like, well, well, he lied to the entire team. No, some players just see eye to eye with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley sees eye to eye with Caleb Williams that I want to coach you. And Caleb Williams sees eye to eye with Lincoln Riley that I want to be coached by you. And also Caleb Williams family, they aren't necessarily strapped for cash. They're going to move to Los Angeles and they're going to play. And right. it's going to get ugly. It's going to get uglier. And the hate for Lincoln Riley is going to continue to grow. And so my question to Justin now is, how will Lincoln Riley, after such like an a, a almost like enormous like rise to power as far as like just like a shooting star goes straight from he takes Oklahoma from 2014 and he lifts that team to a college football playoff appearance in 2015 with Baker Mayfield and then becomes the head coach and takes them to however many straight college football playoff games and now suddenly turns heel and cuts the legs out from underneath you and kills your recruiting for 2023 and now you're seeing several defections from 2022 mind you that's not even including the guys that are just ducking out of town, like I previously mentioned. How will he be remembered, in your opinion, uh, Justin? I think he has incredibly supplanted Kevin Durant as the biggest snake in Oklahoma <laughs> sports history. Like, Kevin Durant did it. Honestly, I give Kevin Durant a, a small bit of benefit of the doubt of, like, he really didn't anticipate the backlash that he got. Mm -hmm. He was he was naive enough to think that people would be okay with it. Well, it's just a business decision, you know? There's none of that with Lincoln. This is calculated. This was intentional and deliberate and manufactured. And there were, there's no ignorance here. Lincoln knew what he was doing. That's probably why he cried at the press conference is because people are being mean to him on the internet. Yeah, it seems like he was in bad blood, didn't it? It, it just, like... <laughs> The whole negotiation process, I mentioned earlier, like I, I don't think that Castiglione was unaware of the issues. Mm -hmm. I do think he was legitimately unaware of USC. And that's if you're negotiating with your school for a new contract and you're trying to do it in good faith, 
you would let them know about the USC discussions before the day you're going to sign with them. You're, you're going to give them a little bit of heads up. They thought they were playing a game against LSU. They had no idea the game they were actually playing against USC. And I think that's tough. I, I, I get it from Lincoln's side of like looking out for his own best interest. But when you hear a guy like Bob Stoops speak today and like the way he views this program, and takes care of this program and makes decisions for the program, what Lincoln Riley did and the way he approached this was the complete opposite. It's great for Lincoln Riley. If you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan or someone that follows this team, there's no way to spin it. There's there's no positive outcome here. I don't think there's any positive light to Lincoln Riley's time in Oklahoma. I think it, it comes all off of Lincoln Riley and goes to the players, echoing what Bob Stoops said today. We can still have fond memories of these teams and the playoff appearances and the Heisman Trophy winners and the great games, but that all focuses on the players now, and Lincoln Riley's not a part of that story. Steven, what about you? Yeah, anything good he had built at Oklahoma is now washed away. Um, you look like the win at Ohio State in his first year as head coach. No one cares about that anymore. I think the Heismans, you're going to attribute that to more Baker and Kyler. Um, anything he ever did positive for Oklahoma is now gone because you're going to be remembering Lincoln as a guy that uh, kind of almost rebuilt recruiting for Oklahoma um, in his first couple of years as, as uh, offensive coordinator, then head coach. Um, and now he's to the point where you see these classes come in and they start stacking on themselves. And he's never been closer talent-wise to – actually contend for a national championship. And just when he's about to almost, you could argue he was going to get the, the number one class in 2023 with, with what they had in stock. So um, he's a guy that came very, very close and towards the pinnacle of just building talent in Oklahoma, uh, just threw it all away for, I mean, to go to what it was, what it was USC's record this year, like five and seven, four and seven, four and seven. So, I mean, there's nothing good to spin it. I mean, two Heisman's cool, um, but you didn't really win anything in Oklahoma. This is tough, you know, because <laughs> it's the fact that and he's a pussy. <laughs> it's 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 the fact that Josh Heupel gets fired in 2014, right at, at the conclusion of the season, right and. People say, oh, Lincoln Riley coming in like it's an air raid, bro. He's only going to pass the ball. And then like Baker Mayfield's not going to be your savior. And the next thing you know, you stack up number one offenses from year to year to year to year to year to year to year. That's what I'll remember him for. I will remember him for putting guys in places for success in the years that he was an offensive coordinator. I will remember him when... uh. I'll remember those years. I'll remember the squib kick. That's for damn sure. That I'll might be the, the only good memory of Lincoln Riley <laughs> yeah. at this point. I'll, I'll remember the I'll remember the squib kick. I'll remember the cultural cultural playoff appearances. Um, but I that uh, other than that, it'll it'll be a blip on the radar. I mean, what was brisket? How, how like is brisket? Yes. Who 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 is the national champion two years ago in football? LSU. And who did they beat? Uh, that would meet OU and Clemson, I think, uh, back to back. And so, and I'm saying we have to think about it briefly. And in five, ten years from now, I'm not going to remember a lot of stuff. I'm going to remember Oklahoma went to the college football playoff and lost. And then Lincoln, and that was when Lincoln Riley was there. 
That's all I'm going to remember. I'm going to, and we're going to, we're going to say, Oh, it was awesome to have Baker And Kyler Murray is a guy that doesn't really need to be coached. Just he's like Michael Jordan. Like I said, previously, just give him the damn ball and get out of the way. He already knows what he's doing. He doesn't need your coaching. Uh, and so that's the way I think Lincoln Riley will be remembered. I think he'll be remembered as a trader, uh, as a guy that, as a guy that uh, recruited a rattler to campus, but indeed was the actual snake the entire time. I think he's a guy that is going to be remembered for putting up a lot of numbers and a lot of offensive numbers that were eventually copycatted and then snuffed out by Dave Aranda for three years in a row. And I think that's going to be a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, there's some awesome people in the chat right now. That's cool. Um, anyways. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or, what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news, State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. So today we get press conference, 3 p.m. Hall of Fame presser. You've got Joe C. You've got Joseph Harris. You've got Bob Stoops there. You've got Barry Switzer in the back of the room, maybe uh, sitting in a fur coat, you know? And they're in the room. Bob had a hell of a press conference. Uh, the intro to this podcast was part of what he said, and he had several, several things to say in which that were shots at Lincoln Riley. And to, to a point, they even mentioned, he's like, you know what? I'd rather keep some of those things between me and Riley, but I'm disappointed. That's what he said. And he really just really, really, really came in clutch when Oklahoma really needed him to. I mean, Bob clearly had reservations on Lincoln, but he came in clutch and <laughs> getting a lot of comments uh, about, about Lincoln Riley. He is Dave's bitch. Uh, that's correct. We have people, Barry and Kirby saying they'll take Venables. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Brian Hayes says Lincoln Riley sucks ass. Uh, Joshua Reyes says they should have have given Barry the mic for a hot yes. minute. Oh my God. Could you imagine that. if they would have given Switzer the mic, but <laughs> probably would have kept your recruits. <laughs> that's for sure. It, but it's in a, in a moment of need, you saw the Oklahoma big heads that are still alive. If Wilkinson, of course, was still alive, you know, his ass would have been there too. And it's just, it, it puts you at ease. You know the team yep. right now is you're having transfers go out. You're having guys decommit, but it puts you at ease. Oklahoma's Oklahoma. This is a blip on the radar. No one man is Oklahoma football. Oklahoma football is Oklahoma football. 
the team is the team. The team made me. I didn't make the team. And those are some very big words. And Bob Stoops had himself one hell of a press conference. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I cried grown man tears watching Stoops (laughs) talk today. I mean, I'll be honest about it because it took you back to remind us that Lincoln Riley is a hell of a recruiter. I don't think there's any doubting that. But he's not a culture setter. He's not a program culture setter. Whereas Bob Stoops, not a fan of recruiting, especially in the late in in the teens onto into into the twenty you know into the teens into now. Not a big recruiting guy. Uh, hell of a program setter. Hell of a, a culture setter. And that's something that's missing. I mean, Bob would go for the throat in Lincoln Riley. He goes for the recruits, and I think that's going to bite him in the ass. Uh, more than one time in the Pac-12. And so, Justin, what's your takeaway from today's presser? Yeah, I think, I mean, Bob chose his words carefully. Uh, All those phrases you pointed out were very intentionally chosen and used and pointed at Lincoln Riley. Um, There's definitely some issues. I, I think listening to some other podcasts today, reading different articles and posts from different people that are in the know, there were some issues. Um, there were definitely some issues with the culture behind the scenes. Lincoln Riley was, like you said, very much into the recruiting side of things, into the glitz and glamour, into the flash, uh, building the OU brand, which did a lot of great things for the program. However, it seemed like the talent kept going up on campus, but the results kept getting worse. You could argue that OU regressed every year under Lincoln Riley as a head coach, despite the talent on campus going up each of those years. I agree. So you pulled the number one class in 2023, obviously not a bad thing, but with Lincoln Riley as your head coach, is that enough? Is that enough to win a chip? I don't know that it is. And so that's what I'm curious to watch as he heads to USC. He's going to pull talent, but that's never been USC's problem. They're just like Texas. They've always had talent. Talent will flock to USC always and forever. So that's not going to be the challenge. The challenge is, can he do something with it? Can he get them over to the top? Can he get them a championship? I'm not as convinced, just based off what we saw during his time in Norman. Now, all that said, I think the speech from Stoops today, aside from calling out some some flaws, calling out some things behind the scenes, I think what it did is it, it steadied the ship. And that's what needed to happen. There's so much like swirling going on the past 36 hours hearing Bob Stoops kind of get behind the mic and rant a little bit and just, it felt comforting, um, made you cry grown man tears. I think for the players, it was probably comforting for the staff. It was probably comforting. And like no other school has that luxury. No other school has a Bob Stoops hanging in the closet. That's just ready to pop out at a moment's notice and kind of deliver that. And so that's, that's pretty awesome for where OU's at for as bad as it is and how many negatives there are against them the Bob Stoops angle is something that that really no other program could match in a situation like this. And to the people in the comments, we're, we'll get to your comments in a little bit. Um, there are several good questions here. Uh, but Steven, I'd like to get your opinion on this. What, what's your takeaway from this conference today as well? This might be some recency, recency bias, but uh, I think the moment for Bob Stoops in that press conference, in that moment, and the words he chose, I think that is right up there with him winning a national championship because you look at a program that pretty much just got nuked overnight 
um, you know, all the recruits are leaving, players are leaving, um, and your head coach is leaving for a, a team that's only gone, what, over 502 in the last seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. That's that's an incredible moment for Bob Stoops. I think he reassured a lot of people, uh, both as far as like the fans, players, recruits, and the coaches that are still there. I think um, it was obviously a tough moment for Joe C., Joe H., because um, that's kind of falls on them for not really being aware of the situation. And kind of Bob kind of bailed them out of that because that is one of the nicest parachutes you can you can have. So. I think that moment for Bob Stoops kind of solidifies him. I made a joke today um, that Bob just might get another statue in Norman because of today. <laughs> for for real, it, it, it was just calming at the same time as coming <clears throat> out as a united front and establishing, you know, this isn't, this is not, you know, Houston. This is not, this is not your, this is not a Cincinnati, despite the fact that they might even end up in the college football playoff. This is Oklahoma. This is a blip. There's no person bigger than the university. Lincoln Riley does not make this program. And he mentioned, he was like, listen. And what I think is funny is this, is that Bob Stoops himself called OU a sleeping giant when he was still over at Florida. And Lincoln Riley calls today uh, USC a sleeping giant that they're about to awaken, which I think is just like pure Lincoln Riley bullshit, snake oil, used used car salesman, fake crocodile tears take that shit out of here drive um it's just it's just so it's so unbelievable it's just so unbelievable and so there are national cultural ball pundits making fun of joe harris wanting more time up front about knowing about lincoln riley um who had been lying to the sooners who had been lying to staff for well over the season apparently Lincoln Riley had made first contact with USC in September and things heated up from there. And it was likely a done deal over Thanksgiving. And that would, that, that suggests a lot of things. Uh, I mean, like he gave the players a bye week and he's off in Los Angeles. Is he recruiting Los Angeles? He's recruiting for somebody. Was it for the Sooners? I doubt it. And so you have national pundits, making fun of Harris wanting more time up front about knowing about Lincoln Riley, um, who had been lying about being in contact with the USC since, since September and comparing it to the Sooners and the Longhorns, not giving enough time up front for the big 12 and leaving. Now why, and I'm going to come to you, Steven first, tell me why that's a really dumb argument to make because several people are making that argument. Well, I, th- I think Dennis Dodd's one of them. who kind of looks like a garden gnome, so I don't really think he should talk about anything. But um, there's two reasons why this is a, just a dumbass argument. Because first, OU tried to fix the conference in 2016 with David Bourne when they explored um, expanding the conference by about four teams, maybe six teams. Who knows what they did? They just shot it down. It was like a what a five million dollar project that was gone yeah. overnight. So and previously, like five, it's not like OU years- didn't try. Five, six years prior to that, oh, for over a decade, they've been airing their grievances, right? Exactly, exactly. So it's not like Oklahoma didn't do their due diligence in trying to bail out the Big 12. Um, the Big 12 knew OU's grievances. They didn't like the 11 a.m. kickoffs. They didn't like the perception of the conference. Um, the leadership was poor. Bob Bowlesby, he's a, he's a bitch. So um, That's a true you look statement. at this. <laughs> 
2016, they had their opportunity to fix the conference and write the conference and expand it past the 2025 deadline. If you're looking more recent, OU gave or OU in Texas gave what three, four years heads up that they're going to leave because they're not going to leave until the grant of rights is over unless the Big 12 does something about it. So mm-hmm. it's not like they just jabbed them overnight. There's two, three years to expand. And obviously the Big 12 got it done pretty quick. I don't know why it took that long, but um, it's not like they just left and got up overnight. They're still there. They're still in the conference. They spent more than five hours on the decision is what, exactly. is what you're getting at. And I think that's that's where the comparison falls short for me. Like, yeah, I get why people are making the parallels and it's fun to like pull get get your likes on Twitter, but there's no comparison. Like for all the reasons you just said, this is a conversation that's been happening for a decade with the Big 12. And when the announcement happened, they gave them four years to uh, heads up. Lincoln Riley gave them like four minutes heads up. (laughs) And they got the same teams that they were looking at in 2016. Right. Yeah, the Big 12 is going to be fine. And I would argue OU will probably be fine also. Uh, but it, it's not a comparable situation. Um, it, it sucks for both sides. Like, I, I get where that comparison comes in. But OU and Texas, by all measures, um, you know, that they, they did some backdoor channeling. They They looked out for themselves, but they didn't just, like, disappear in the middle of the night. They gave some heads up. They tried to do it the right way first. That didn't work. And so they they went and they did what was best for them. And they gave everybody, you know, three, four years warning to figure it out. And it, so it's just, it's not comparable at all to what Lincoln Riley did. But Twitter will Twitter. And like, again, Oklahoma and Texas and Texas Tech were this close. And if you're not on the live stream, my fingers are very close together. Texas and Texas Tech and several other teams were very close to leaving to the Pac-12 in 2011. Several teams have defected from the Big 12, and there's only ten. There are only ten teams in the Big 12 right now. It doesn't make any sense. And Oklahoma <laughs> later down on the line suggested the same thing. Hey, we need to add more teams. We need to do something to make this conference better. And they've been literally at this for a decade. This is not an overnight situation, and it's not even as if Oklahoma is going to be playing in the SEC next year. It's very possible this, what Lincoln Riley has done to the program, it's very possible that Oklahoma might stay in the Big 12, not just next year, but maybe a year or two after that as well, before they hop over to the the SEC. That's very possible as well. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that's very, very possible. And so... Going on to the next thing, which is a hot topic in the comments section, is there's a lot of clamoring for a new head coach in town, and it's a very, very familiar name that was named as a co-defensive coordinator at one point, and then he left to greener pastures, won several national titles. His name happens to be Brent Venables. Um, He's got the endorsement of former players and players that never even played for him. And my question to Steven to you is this. Do you want Venables? Uh, are you turning in a different direction for a hire? And what do you want in a coach? I think Venables would be a good hire. I don't know if he's the hire. Um, a lot of smoke today that uh, there's a plane that came in from South Carolina. I did some double checking on it. 
Um, some people do suggest that Brent Venables did come to Norman today, possibly for an interview. Um, and we'll kind of see how that goes. If he is the target, maybe it's his job to just turn down at this point. So um, as far as a higher where would grade, I'd give it like a 7.5, maybe 8 out of 10. I don't think it's perfect. Uh, but he's a guy that's familiar with Oklahoma. Obviously, he's familiar with the championship culture, um, being both in Norman and in Clemson for their two their, their championships there. So I don't think you can get bash him there as far as developing a hard-nosed football culture in Norman, um, kind of like a no-excuses kind of thing. And if he'd um, like to bring some of his recruits over, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and he's not he's not the best recruiter, but – in his time in Norman, he did bring in some, several very talented players. So um, I'm not sure how he does as a CEO of a, a program. Essentially, he would have to hire two very good coordinators to kind of get the thing rolling. But uh, I don't hate the hire by any means. And so we've got a guy in the comments. Ryan Lopez says, if BV is Brent Venables, if Brent Venables is not the guy, where does OU rank next to Notre Dame? I actually got a text about this from, um, one of my good buddies asking about Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. How does this make OU's job? It does it make OU's job in hiring a coach harder. Uh, does it, uh, does it make it more difficult? And my answer right now is simply no, because I think Oklahoma has targeted guys that are interested in them. And Joe Castiglione, let's face it. He's known Joe Castiglione has very likely known about this entire situation far earlier than the last 36 hours. He's likely known something was awry and has planned for the future. And to me, he already has a list of names. They even mentioned the press conference today. He has a list of names already ready to go. And I imagine they've made contact with several of those reps. Brian Kelly reached out to them in my understanding um, that he was ready to get out of Notre Dame. So that might tell you something about the status in Notre Dame right now. And somebody, Brian Hayes says, oh, you need to start building for the SEC now. Whatever coach and whatever athletes puts us up, up on that path is what we need. Uh, yeah, uh, let's talk next steps. We'll talk about that in a second. But Justin, what's your opinion on Brent Venables? Would you want him in Norman as a head coach, or are you, are you trending in a different direction? What do you want in a head coach in Norman? Because Oklahoma, you've had a head coach slash offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. You not Now you've got to hire a head coach, an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and several assistants. So what do you want in a head coach? And is Brent Venables the guy? Yeah, I think Venables has a lot, uh, a lot to like. Uh, the support of lots of alumni is nice. The hard-nosed uh, nature of the way he runs things, like we just talked about, the softness that has been prevalent around the Oklahoma football program as of late, that would be a refreshing change of pace, I think. And then you can't you can't overlook the connection to the Oklahoma Athletic Department and Joe Castiglione. And when you think about how this whole deal with Lincoln Riley went down, getting a guy like Venables in there, Venables would not, ever do something like this to OU. So you're insulating yourself for the future that if, if the time comes where Venables was your head coach and it's time to move on, he's probably not going out like Lincoln Riley did. And so you're not going to find yourself back in this same situation. If you bring in a total outsider, that may not be the case. If you bring mm -hmm. in somebody that's just super ambitious, like Lincoln Riley was, and is trying to, you know, climb the ladder as, as fast as he can, 
that may not be the exact same situation OU finds themselves in. I think there's a lot to like for Venables too, from the uh, recruiting side of things. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily the world's best recruiter, but I like that he's got ties to the Southeast as OU moves to the SEC. He's been in Clemson. He's, he's gotten to know that territory. He's established relationships there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get some, some big nasties on the D line, BV knows where to find them. And I think having, like you said earlier, Oklahoma on the chest in an SEC patch and Brent Venables in your living room, that's a good way to get some some nasty talent on the D-line, which I think helps make OU SEC ready. And we've got a comment from the chat that says, any truth on the Jeff Lebby as OC? I, I've, been seeing so. a lot, I've been seeing a lot of tweets, and I've been seeing a lot of smoke as far as Lebby as OC. But to me, I know this is my opinion, and I want to get your guys' opinions as well. To me, you hire that head coach first unless you already got him nailed down and you're just waiting to announce it what do you guys think yeah i think so too i i I don't see any reason why they would hire a coordinator first however you know if bv is a lock or somebody else and you're starting to uh, assemble the rest of the of a staff i get why lebby makes sense the oklahoma ties he had a he had a nice year with ole miss i don't love the pick personally um He's not had a ton of experience calling plays. And I also, uh, I've seen this mentioned a couple times on Twitter today, but the, the art Bryles tree, um, is poisoned and (laughs) however close or not close he was to the roots of that tree. I don't know, but I, I would just rather stay away. Steven. I think you would hire him. I think this is the, the idea behind the whole thing. Jeff Lebby has ties to Oklahoma He's an up-and-coming coordinator. He's kind of a hot name right now, despite you know Lane Kiffin probably doing a lot of the work at the moment. So it would be a relatively easy hire that would be a small splash, not a big splash, but a small splash hire. And I don't think any coach or head coach in waiting is going to really turn him away at the moment, if that makes sense. So um, I think it's more of a selling point, maybe for Brent Venables. Let's just use him for example. Um, come to Oklahoma, your defense has been great at Clemson. You have the entire program at your disposal. And by the way, we found an OC for you if you want them. So I think that's kind of yeah. the idea behind the whole thing. And Ryan Ryan Lopez in the chat says, would Caleb Williams stay for Levy? I think Caleb Williams I think already. Might. I think you think he might? I, I think, think he might. he's already got his ticket ready in hand on Expedia.com ready to get out to to Los Angeles at a LAX as soon as Lincoln <laughs> Riley texts them. Uh, that's, that's what I well, think. Well, here's the thing. It would be a recruiting violation or at least a tampering on Lincoln Riley's part. If they ever found any sort of written or, you know, text messages, calls, letters, smoke signals, any sort of communication between the two parties at this moment, if OU even catches wind of that, he is banned from going to USC. Oh, I mean, it can't happen. I mean, that was. What do you think the list of de- the demands of Lincoln Riley of USC was? I mean, probably a new house. Probably a new house. <laughs> I mean, they they bought both of his other houses over asking price. Yeah. Um. Also, 
I mean, if we're being quite honest, but they have USC has a quarterback at the moment that's pretty yeah. good. He's winter good. winter break is upon is about to be upon them, and if Caleb Williams finds himself on the beach during winter break for a mild winter uh, for a mild winter uh, break in Lincoln Riley just so happens to be at that same beach. Anything could happen. You know, I, I don't I don't think Caleb Williams would stay for Levy. I think I'm sure Caleb Clark Williams Stroud is would, gone. Uh, set up a meeting for him. But I think that Levy could bring a quarterback with him, and I'd be more than happy for that if we're being very honest with each other. Are you talking about uh, the UCF kid? I'm talking about any kid that is a legitimate <laughs> scholarship quarterback that could play at the University of Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler? Uh, Spencer, yeah, Spencer. Spencer Rattler, yeah. That, 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 that's that's great that's good stuff because you know spencer's gonna face off against yeah. lincoln riley at least one more time uh, yes. which I, uh, I which i think right. is just incredible and i hope he wins and so talking about next moves does all of this prolong oklahoma's jump to the sec that's an interesting question because Many people thought it was next year. Right. Or maybe the year after. And now you kind of think that maybe OU's pumping the brakes a little bit, but I could see it from the opposite ends. Um, And we know that Bob Bowlesby is a very bitter human. Um, He's already admitted that it's a very personal decision. Um, It kind of hurt him personally as as a commissioner and both as, I guess, friends of uh, Josie. I could see them putting something together to get OU and the SEC pretty quick because of the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Justin? I, I agree. I It's interesting, you know, thinking back to the Bedlam game, which feels like it was a month ago, um, you could be in for a whole season of questionable officiating like that if you stay in the Big 12. So you'd kind of have to weigh out the pros and cons of that. I, I do think, I wonder, you know, at face value, OU going into the SEC with a depleted cupboard and a new coaching staff seems like a recipe for, for disaster, and it likely would be. Uh, it would not, not be a good season in terms of record, in terms of on-field product, whatever. But do we really expect it to be an incredible season in the Big 12 either? I'm not sure. So if you just go ahead and bite the bullet and jump to the SEC, can you then start to recruit with that SEC patch on your jersey? Can you start to to build that up of like, hey, we're starting fresh. We're in a new conference. Let's put this thing together and go win the whole thing. Like, let, let's do this. Similar to a little bit how like a Texas A&M approached things when they made the switch. Like you can kind of use that as a fresh start moment so that now you're not the lame duck Big 12 team trying to recruit you're the new SEC team trying to recruit and kind of like build this thing from the ground up, which may be a more appealing recruiting pitch. I could see OU pumping the brakes on the SEC and it from to pushing it back one more year. I could see OU not going to the SEC next year, but being in the SEC the following year. I doubt it. There's 100% doubt that they make it to 2025. Of course, I can see Oklahoma being in the SEC in 2023-2024. As of now, I mean, would they? how many games would they win in the SEC with defections and more defections to come? Five to five to seven? Yeah. 
That's that's what I was gonna say. I would go I was three to say, six at the moment. Yeah, I was gonna say four, five ish, six maybe. Six is a good season, and yeah. and it really it, and again it it depends on a who stays, b who comes in at, in the transfer portal, but also see what kind of team this is. If this is a team like Arkansas, who everybody thought was gonna be you know stomped on, but ended up being not necessarily the most talented team, but a scrappy group of dudes that just wanted to play physical football and they end up winning what eight games. Then I'm here for it, man. I, I, I I think that this team is going to be scrappy as hell next year because of a, what happened this year, but also be the coaching staff that's likely to come in next year. And so I, I just think it's really, really interesting. Um, I don't know if it prolongs their jump to the sec, I don't know if it, they start in the SEC next year, um, but not anywhere after the year after that. I think within one to two years, OU will be in the SEC, either next year or the year following, but not any years longer. Um, before we get on to the last one, I just want to address some of these some of these comments. There are some there are some fantastic comments we've got going on over here. Um, one of them, Edward Kahn says, Riley is a dirt bag. We will survive and get better, better. Okay. We, 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 we already are bitter. <laughs> <Maybe> both. <laughs> um, they say that Brad Davis might need a job and Ma- Malcolm Kelly might need a job. Maybe bring them home for the, for the OU guys. Uh, going on along. Yep. People saying Brett Venables needs to be OU's next head coach. Um, can't wait to see. Oh, this one's from Brady Kendrick says, can't wait to see Riley get grilled by the LA media when things don't go perfect. Yeah. Talk about the Oklahoma media being very, very kind (laughs) to pretty much everybody. And now you're going to deal with the LA media. That's going to be like, the fuck's wrong with you? Why didn't you win and see him cry, but actually cry and not those fake crocodile tears he did on the tarmac today. Uh, he thought the OU media beat was rough and treated them like shit. He's in for reawakening. That is very, very true. I would agree with that statement. I think there's something you can add to that. Um, Cause this was a concern for Lincoln Riley and NIL in Oklahoma. And how do you navigate that? It's just going to get worse in LA. Like there's, there's, 10 times the distractions that you had in Norman in Oklahoma city. So I don't even know that's more of a headache than he wanted here. Yeah. And so the last bit of it, of the conversation is things are going to get a little bit worse, not a little bit worse, maybe just a lot of bit worse. or just worse in the middle. Things are going to get worse before they get better. Simply put, where do the Sooners go from here and justin i'm tacking you with that first response (laughs) um i think now they they go recruiting Uh, immediately that's where they go they go try to salvage any and every recruit that they can in the 2022 class sounds like bob is already going to hit the trail which i honestly bob's crewing tonight right now yeah Yeah, i grew tonight i didn't expect that i don't know why um, but I think, yeah, I mean, same kind of thing. Like Bob Stoop shows up in your living room. It, it doesn't mean nothing. I think, I think it's helpful. There's going to be a lot of defections, but that that's job number one. Um, the bowl game is going to be fun, but it's not really a priority. Like it'd be cool to go win one for Bob and, and see that, but it really doesn't mean anything in the long run. What OU needs to do aside from salvaging what they can from the 2022 class before early signing day is get a staff in place. 
get a name out there to provide stability because then you start working on 2023. You get that stability in, you get a vision for the program, you get an idea of the system you're gonna run, you get an idea for what types of coaches you're gonna have, you get an idea for what types of players you're gonna need to achieve that vision, which gives you a clear roadmap for 2023 recruiting versus now where it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, There's no reason to go to OU other than the program brand name at the moment. So they, they've they got to get those foundational pieces in place quickly, which, like you said earlier, Kamiar, it seems like they will. Um, they most likely will. <laughs> um, Bob giving piggyback rides to all the in-homes. Um, that's a that's a nice mental image. Yeah, Tim, Tim B. from the chat says, I want to give Bob piggyback rides to all the homes. He's too good to be using his legs like a normal person. <laughs> incredible Uh, for especially from that speech today uh he has earned every bit of honor and like steven says deserves another statue of himself and maybe this time it won't be captured on a highway uh going down like i-40 but yeah i think it's it's that that stability is what ou needs to find um figure out who your guys are in the locker room who are the ones like the DJ Grams who it seems like are, you know, ready to go. Let's go figure that out. I thought Roy Williams had some nice insight on Twitter today. Not the basketball coach, just in case anyone's wondering. Um, what about the Texas wide receiver? Yeah. Or the Texas wide receiver. Um, he, he made some good points because he went through this, not the same situation, obviously, but when John Blake got fired, mm-hmm. he said, figure out who wants to be there. Cause the people that want to be there, they're going to go to war. And that team that won the national championship had a lot of guys that hung over from John Blake and, and were, were ready to go fight. A lot and of okay preps kids too. A lot of, a lot of five hearts and mm-hmm. Oklahoma's going to need that the next few years. So figure out who that is in this locker room. Let the people transfer who are going to transfer, fill in the gaps where you can, but then go find, go find the warriors, the ones who are going to be able to, to put up some fight. And you know, it may be a four win fight season, but they're going to fight regardless, and you can build off that fo- the following year. Steven, what about you? I think uh, let's just go with Brent Venables as head coach. That's my example here. I think your first move as head coach is you go to USC, you hire Dante Williams as your defensive coordinator. Dante Williams is obviously – uh, the primary recruiter of Gentry Williams. That's why he was so interested in USC early on. You go get him because he's no longer the interim head coach. You already hired a DC and this is a guy that's up and coming. He's going to get a DC job somewhere. You may as well hire him because he's, he's a very, very good recruiter. And then you, you secure Gentry Williams in that regard. Um, I think you also look, I mean, it's probably too late now, but you look at like a guy like Rashad samples, um, that kind of takes care of your, your Texas recruiting, um, did a very, very good job at SMU, um, almost had like Sevion bird, those kind of guys. And those are guys that SMU has no business even being in the conversation with. So those are two guys I would go for at this point, assuming Brent Vittables is, uh, your head coach. Did so, samples not sign at TCO already? I don't know if he signed. I know he was associated with a hiring Mm-hmm. So maybe that's already happened. That's why I don't know if it's too late or not for that one, but um, you have to go out and you got to find some guys that are going to bring in some talent, maybe not five-star talent because I think it's a little bit unreasonable at the moment, but 
guys you want at your program, guys that can play, guys you think that is going to fit in your system and your culture. And I think those are two guys that will go out and, and find you, you know, eight or so names per year that you can really use. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys haven't said anything that I'm, that's not already on my mind. You need to get that coach in place fast. And that's why Tim, I think Tim mentioned Jordan Hudson. I don't know. Did you see my tweet where the boxer guy just like leaves the ring? Yep. That's a yes. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Hudson, five-star wide receiver, Jordan Hudson, just like that tweet. So that's a good time. That, if that shows you how he feels about Lincoln Riley at the moment. Yeah, no, for, for real, but no, I, I, I think I, I echo the same sentiment. You guys do uh you get you need to get the head coach in place fast you you really do and this is another reason why i think uh joe castiglione already has his list he already knew i think joe castiglione knew quite early on like i'm not talking like a month in advance but i'm saying he knew before a lot of us did and i'm sure he has made contact with several people and i'm sure he already has guys in mind and guys that have already reached out to him as well you need to make the head coaching hire fast to see what philosophy they might be bringing in and that way they can meet individually with those recruits that are already maybe signing in what it's all it's december this week it's yeah, going like to be december in, t- in 16 days nearly two weeks days. Uh, it's going to be December 15th, national sign day one in nearly, you know, basically two weeks. And I'm, you've got Sexton who has already said he's, he's already re-upped his commitment though. He's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm rolling with the Sooners, which is a a sight for sore eyes. That's, that's nice to see a a four-star offensive lineman say he's sticking with OU. Of course, he's an, he's an Oklahoma kid anyways. Um, but there, there are lots of things. I mean, you got to get the head coach fast. That way you can set the tone fast for the rest of your team. You get the head coach. You automatically kind of start linking up ideas of, all right, well, who can you bring with them? First of all. So it's like, it's this, it's this weird dynamic where Oklahoma fans are really sad and really pissed because Lincoln Riley just cut the legs from underneath them And Oklahoma is expecting Oklahoma fans are expecting another coach to essentially do the same. If we're being quite honest, like say, see ya and take some guys with them. Um, and it, that's just the reality of the situation right now. I mean, Brian Kelly just got a 10 year, a hundred million dollar contract, you know? And so you need to get the head coach in. You need to get those commitments reaffirmed and you you need to basically, assuage those fears of current guys that are kind of in the lurch that are like, what am I doing? Like basically being in high school football purgatory is like, do, am I supposed to sign this document that they get pledging my like letter of intent to the university of Oklahoma? Like who's going to be coaching me. And so that's why you need to get that guy in place first. And then you go from there. Um, that's why I think a lot of this stuff is a formality. And that's why I think that you'll see Oklahoma have a head coach hire announced within the next seven, 10 days. Would you guys agree with that statement? By Friday, so. probably by Friday. And hmm. that's, that's just really, really important. I, I mean, I don't think it goes on to the bowl game and hell even is the, it was even brought up in the presser. Like I, I mentioned to a couple of colleagues at work today, I was like, is Bob Stoops going to bury Alvarez this shit and run it for a year while they, while they write the ship and figure everything else out. And a couple of people were like, you know, that might not be a bad idea. 
Uh, and then at the presser today, Bob says himself, he's like, it's not going to take Joe C that long, which gives us a lot of inclination of what is possible to happen. And I mean, you got a lot of former players talking about Brent Venables um, and where there's that much smoke and where there's that much, where there's that much uh, <laughs> talk. Sometimes there's a little bit of fire. And so I'm very curious to see how that ends up. But anyways, Thank you all for joining the live stream podcast. Um, we have these things every week, whether, you know, normally this would be a post-game reaction show. We were, we really would have bitched about all of the non-calls and Bob Bowlesby and me essentially um, putting on my conspiracy theory hat and saying, mm, those calls sounded suspicious, but it turned out to be a totally different podcast for several different reasons. A couple of la- uh, a couple of last comments as we're leaving here. Um, Ryan, oh. we've got Ryan Lopez says if Brent Venables is the guy, it's a bit different than the head than the head guy leaving in the dark of the night. Yeah, that's not the kind of guy Venables is. Travis says if not Venables, who are your other favorites to take over? You make Luke Fickle say no. I feel like Fickle is the new Notre Dame head coach. Like that just makes too much. Yeah, sense. I, I think, think so he's. Too. He's an SEC guy. I don't think he, that he wants to do that to himself. How would you guys feel about a Matt Campbell at OU? He's never he has never captured or gone after the big fish outside of the state of Iowa. How would you feel about him though? He is one hundred percent football guy. He reminds me of Brent Venables in many ways. If yeah. we're being quite honest, wouldn't be bad. You'd if, have to kind of build around him a little bit. Yep, you'd want to make sure that the the coordinators he hires are solid. I hate his stupid right. hat, um, yep. but other than that, I, I mean, he he's an intriguing prospect. What he's been able to do with Iowa State um, makes you wonder what he'd be able to do with Oklahoma talent in the SEC. And well, let's let's end this podcast on this last comment from Tim Bia says. That being said, Bob Cruton. I'd give Bob my social security number, let him steal my identity, and just ruin my credit. <laughs> so, anyways, guys. Uh, real if, quick. Oh, go ahead. There's a little video out there. I guess, I don't know what it's from. Maybe a live stream. But Marvin Mims is talking about Brent Vittables. Yeah. It's Michael. We were talking about it right before you jumped on the stream. Okay. It's Michael Turk's vlog. He's walking around the facility, and right when he walks up to Marvin Mims, Mims is talking to somebody else off camera, and he says something about Venables. And I can't tell, like, is he just reading Twitter like the rest of us and being like, Venables? It's it's possible. Is it something more? And then he kind of realizes that Michael Turk is filming him and stops talking about it. But I like the fact that Mims is talking about the Oklahoma staff and not somebody else's staff. And so we'll end this podcast. Thank you for guys uh, that showed up to the live stream. We had a lot of you guys in here interacting with us, and I appreciate all of you that have been doing this and helping us grow. Um, if you're going to be listening to this in podcast form, you know, just join the live streams, man. It's 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 gonna it's a good time here, except for the people that get in the chat and talk about Hitler sometimes. That's weird. I had to block somebody. That was that was a, that was a strange <laughs> moment. But go we ahead. Talk and, about David Koresh here. Yeah, David. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> follow <laughs> us on crimsonandcreammachine.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CC Machine. Jack, who's actually closing on a house, you can follow him at J. Larry Shields. He's not with us tonight. 
can follow me at Kamarabi and CCM. You can follow Steven at OUUpdateSB. You can follow Justin, who doesn't just cover Oklahoma. He, he, he doesn't, he's not just the Sooner tracker. He's the <laughs> OKC tracker mm. and is also on a podcast that I'm also a part of as the uncontested. You can find Justin at Sooner tracker, OKC tracker. He's everywhere and he's the best Justin I know in the world. And any Discord link that in the Discord link, as you guys know, has been hopping for the last holy crap 36 hours. Uh, my eyes were glued to my phone even while I was supposed to be working today. And it's been a wild ride. So we'll have more to come. There'll be a lot more information by the end of the week, I'm sure. And we'll hit you guys up later. Check you guys later.